I'm Allison. And I'm Alyssa. And this is Books Before Liquor, Never Been Sicker, where we reread the books we first read as kids and teens, again now, with our adult perspectives. And sometimes, with the help of that glorious adult juice we call liquor. First, we want to acknowledge the lands on which we are recording our podcast today. I'm currently recording on the unceded territories of the Coquitlam, Tsleil-Waututh, Katsi, Musqueam, Squamish, Kakite, and Stolo First Nations. And I am currently recording on the lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people. And I acknowledge that the land I am on is covered by Treaty 13, signed by the Mississaugas of the Credits, and the Williams Treaty signed with the multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. Today, we're reading Twilight and New Moon by Stephanie Meyer. We made it! Happy one-year anniversary to our podcast. We are celebrating in style. Yay! In true style, yeah. True style. Before we jump in, I guess a content warning. Um, Teen angst, creepy stalker boys, uh, poor life decisions in general, um, Mm -hmm. but also indigenous cultural appropriation and mentions of suicide and depression. Actual trigger warning. And I just wanted to say, we are going to be doing a special episode where we talk about just the movies. So we're going to be focusing more on the books. So if you're like, why are you not bringing up the movie? This is such a great, ironically great moment in the movie. Yeah. We're going to get there. Don't you worry. We'll get there. We have more than enough material today, so we'll get there later. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What are you drinking today, Alyssa? Well, I was going to make a cocktail, but then all of the cocktails that were like vampire related just sounded not good to me at all. Mm -hmm. So I got, um, there's a local brewery, Bridge Brewing. They do, oh, it's low-key named after my family. Anyway, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They they have a bourbon blood orange beer. Um, A blood is in the name. And it's local, so I think it counts. I also, my name is on it. So. Yeah. I'll take it. Bridge, baby. Yeah. So I actually wanted to make a cocktail today because I feel like I've been half-assing it lately, so I was going to make a cocktail. I went to the LCBO after work, and I I don't bring my wallet to work because I work in a restaurant. We don't have, like, lockers or anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone at, where that I work with is, like, really nice. I don't think we we've ever had issues with stealing, but still just be safe. I don't bring my wallet if I can help it. So I just brought my credit card. So I was going to get some groceries and I forgot my ID. And of course Uh, I get ID'd. So, um, and then I got home with my groceries and I didn't have time to like go back out and uh, get something. So I just had to make do with what I had in my cabinet because I also didn't want to do red wine because I had a lot of wine at a wedding last week so i need a bit of a break from wine so i have a bit of like a gin and tonic but it's with cherry gin so it's red so it's like got a bit of a red that totally counts but um yeah i did my best with this situation and you know what yeah totally both our drinks are red and that counts yeah and for me in cocktails, yeah. it's not the worst cocktail I've made. I just like don't like the cherry gin that much. So I'm not a huge fan of this cocktail. That is a weird choice. Gin. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, you got to use it up somehow. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Do you want to start with our um, kid rating, teen rating uh, first yeah. experience with this book? Yeah. Let's let's get into it. Flashing back to 2005. When Eight, did this come out? Around the then? book came out in 2005. I personally and then the movie came out in 2008. Okay, okay, yes, okay. So, yeah, I'm trying to remain unbiased here. 
give it uh, and like give the first book Twilight like a very pure rating as I would have read it in like I don't know grade six or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember really enjoying this book. Uh, you got me into it because I had not heard of it until you were like, everybody at my school is reading this. And then all of a sudden, everybody at my school was reading it. And I was like, wow, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I remembered liking it because it was very different from other books that I'd read up to that point. Uh, and I think it was actually one of my first like true angsty teen books. Yeah. Because it was like aimed at teens and about more mature issues. Uh, And I think I would have rated it like an 8.5 back then because I didn't like it as much as Harry Potter. And there was sort of a a fandom divide Mm -hmm. at that time between like the Twihards and the Potterheads. Yeah. And I was like in the Potter camp. So I was like, I can't like it too much. I enjoy it, but it's not my favorite. I respect Um, it. Yeah, I was like medium into it. A lot of people were like harder into it. And I was just like, I'll dip my toe in the pool. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, for New Moon. My goodness, what a letdown, what a come down, right. falling hard, crashing and burning. Here we are. We're <laughs> a little bit older. I remember having zero patience to sit through this long ass book. Uh, it was very difficult to get through. Um, and I think it actually took me a couple of tries to finish it. And I, I think I would have rated it like a five or a six back then. And that's, I think, being pretty generous because I just did not like this one back then at yeah, all. Fair. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was 11, maybe 12 when I first read Twilight. Um, I think it was like as the movie was coming out, as I said, around mm-hmm. uh, 2008. So like there's a lot of hype around it. Like you said, like everyone at my school was reading it. Um, and it was after the final Harry Potter book came out and we were kind of like in the middle. I like looked up all the dates for yes. all the movies today. Yeah. Um, so we were in the middle of like a two year wait for the next Harry Potter movie. So I think I was like kind of yeah. looking for something else. And then, um, like, a new series to obsess over. And that makes sense. Twilight, and I loved the first Twilight book. I was so into it. Like, 10 out of 10 <laughs> for 11-year-old Allison. Uh, a little concerning yeah. in hindsight, but okay. Um, like, I had a well, Team Edward t-shirt and everything. Concerning. Oh, yeah. And, um, like, you, I think it was my first, like, YA book that wasn't Harry Potter. And, like, my first, like, romance. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, a whole new world. What? It was very yeah, exactly. new and exciting yeah. to me. Yeah. And then I totally agree with you with the second book. Like, I definitely wasn't as big of a fan. Like, I was a Team Edward all the way, yeah. all the way through. So I was like, this yeah. is the Team Jacob book. Mm, nah, not into it. I, yeah. It also took me a really long time to read through it. Like, I remember bringing it to, I went to, like, ballet summer camp. And I took me the whole summer to read it. Um, yeah. It was a slow read until Edward came back. I liked the ending when Edward came back. It's a very exciting ending. Because you're waiting for it the whole time that it finally happens and you're like, thank God the book can be over now. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so New Moon, I would say, yeah, 6 out of 10 for me. Um, okay, yeah. Like, I think as, like, the Half-Blood Prince movie and the New movie, Moon movie came out, I think that's when I started leaning back into Harry Potter and I was, like, yeah. not yeah. as uh, infatuated with Twilight. That makes sense. Okay, and you did bring up an interesting point, which is that you were Team Edward. Back then, I was as well. I would like to, at the end of the podcast, revisit which teams we are on. Because I already know what you're going to say, and I'm going to say the same thing. <laughs> okay, well, let's save that for the end, because I have thoughts, and it has to do with neither of those boogers. So <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly who you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel like we've discussed this. (laughs) Probably. Okay, cool. 
let's let's get into a little synopsis for all of you out there who have not touched this since 2008 Um, somehow these books nothing happens but a lot happens a lot happens at the same time yeah you're dying because it's like 600 pages of nothing and yet here we are so (laughs) trying our best folks yeah strap in Bella Swan, a 17-year-old junior from Phoenix, moves in with her father, Charlie, to Forks, Washington, the rainiest place in the continental U.S. Soon after arriving, Bella meets the Cullens, a beautiful and very mysterious family that the other kids seem to avoid. When she's seated next to Edward Cullen in biology, Bella fears that she's done something to upset him because his reactions are very hostile, and afterwards, he disappears from school for a while, causing her to worry more. Bella goes on a trip to the beach with her friends and runs into Jacob Black, who tells her a story about the Cullens and hints at them being dangerous bloodsuckers. When Edward comes back, however, he's perfectly polite, and Bella and him strike up an unlikely friendship. When a car almost crashes into her in the school parking lot, Edward saves her and she gets a glimpse of what he's been hiding, some kind of supernatural abilities. Edward firmly denies her when she confronts him about it, and despite Bella's suspicions about him, she quickly falls in love. Very, very quickly. (laughs) Though Edward warns her that he's dangerous, neither of them can really stay away from each other, which comes to a head when Bella is nearly assaulted on a shopping trip, and Edward comes to her rescue, having followed her there. Edward finally admits to being a vampire when Bella confronts him about it, and he explains to her that her blood is the most appetizing scent he has ever smelled, making it extremely difficult to not kill her every time he's with her. Oh, good. While the vampire family is playing baseball and Bella watches, three other vampires come across them. One of the new vampires, James, becomes obsessed with tracking and killing Bella because he sees it as a fun challenge due to Edward's obsessive protection of her. Bella... And Edward's siblings, Alice and Jasper, escape to Phoenix, while the others lead James on a wild goose chase. But when James contacts Bella, threatening her mother, Bella gets away from Alice and Jasper, meeting him in her old ballet studio. James attacks and bites her, but the Cullens arrive in the nick of time to save Bella, and Edward sucks the venom from her. He is distressed by the pain he's caused her and the danger their relation puts her in, but Bella insists that she wants him to turn her into a vampire so they can be together forever. Edward brushes off this idea and takes Bella to prom. (laughs) Uh, What an iconic ending. Oh, so good. Oh my god. Okay, and if that wasn't enough for you... Let's do New Moon new now, moon, new the moon. book where nothing happens, and yet, here's a synopsis of it. Bella is reluctant to celebrate her 18th birthday because it means that she's one year older than the perpetually frozen Edward. At her birthday party, Bella cuts her hand on some wrapping paper, and Jasper tries to attack her. When Edward pushes her out of the way, she gets injured, and although Carlyle fixes her up, Edward feels really guilty. He takes Bella on a walk in the forest, and he tells her that he's breaking up with her and moving away. Bella has a breakdown and gets lost in the woods, being found later by Sam Uli and some of the other boys from La Push. Bella spirals into a dark depression lasting several months, and Charlie becomes more and more worried about her. He insists that she tries to get out more, which Bella does, and she finds that she can hear Edward's voice when she's faced with a dangerous situation. This leads her to buy two motorcycles and bring them to Jacob to fix. So Jacob and Bella become close friends during this time, and he helps her by pulling her somewhat out of her depression. 
However, Bella becomes uncomfortable when Jacob's romantic advances continue, despite her insisting that they remain friends. Jacob suddenly becomes distant from her, and Bella gets upset and suspicious, leading her to confront him. Jacob prompts her to remember the legend he told her about the Cullens, and Bella realizes that Jacob is a werewolf. Oh my god. She meets his pack, and despite her connection to the Cullens, they eventually accept her. Bella also discovers that Victoria, James's mate, remember him, is seeking revenge on Edward by killing her. And despite this danger, Bella is still in searching for situations that will give her adrenaline and allow her to see Edward. She goes cliff diving and has to be saved by Jacob, but Alice sees a vision of Bella jumping off a cliff and assumes that Bella is dead. Alice then sees a vision of Edward going to the Vulturi, the vampire government, and asking to die. Alice finds Bella, and they rush to Italy to try and prevent this from happening. Edward almost reveals himself as a vampire at a big festival with a bunch of humans, but he- Bella reaches him just in time, and they are reunited. Yay! Volturi asks to see them, and they demand that Bella become a vampire or to be killed, so she is not a liability with their secret. Edward promises that this will happen soon, and they all return to Forks. Bella insists that Edward be the one to turn her himself, and he tells her that his compromise is that he will turn her into a vampire if she marries him. And they haven't started senior year yet. Oh, wait, no, they have. They, they are, just yeah. started senior year. She's a Cute. few months. This is like spring senior year, because Eclipse is when they're graduating. <laughs> Babies. Yeah. Fetuses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's just... Get right into it. I'm combining all the trope shots so that we only have to do one. Oh, thank God. There's Uh, like three in a row here. (laughs) Yeah, so we're only doing one because I don't want to die. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'll do, yeah, one good paper. I have a a one and a half ounce shot here. So. All right, I'll do it. Okay, so so a trope shot for vampire romance because that is one of the biggest tropes in romantic literature. Yeah, but like this one, I guess like obviously... Twilight didn't start the vampire Buffy, romance trope. Buffy, I think, started it yeah. for our modern era. But it really, like, was a big catalyst in that f- phase of vampires. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it... That's true. It, it's credited a lot as the OG, even though it's yeah, not. even though it's So, not. I th- yeah. feel like we had this discussion, like, is it a trope if it's the OG of, like, how the trope came to be? I feel like that's a bonus trope, because... It's the OG, you know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you said that last time, actually. Okay, and then and then another another trope shot, um, because we get, like, clumsy smart girl falls for impossibly good-looking boy, and she can't figure out why he likes her. Her brain works different than other girls. I'm She's going to bonk into things. I'm too <laughs> oh plain and normal. Why does he like me? I'm just the old me. It. I hate it. And then, like, our last trope is, of course, enemies to lovers, because he wants to murder her. But yeah. then they bang. I also forget, though, I didn't forgot in the books, like, how much they do bicker and fight at first. Yeah. They, like, are actually, like, genuinely mad at each other for well, a long time. Well, she actually thinks he wants to kill her at one point. Like, yeah. Like, she's c- concerned for her safety. Yeah. And then that goes away very quickly. And she's like, no, you won't kill me. I trust you. He's like, I don't know about that. I kind of want to kill you, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, shots. All right, here we go. Blink. Yeah. No. no. That's Ugh. a no. I can't wait till I'm done with this pink Whitney. Oh my god. Oh, you still have it? How big was the bottle? It was a large... They didn't have the big... The small one, so it was a big bottle. Oh my goodness. Bigger than my head. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> we'll probably get through that bottle by 
the end of the the Twilight extravaganza. Oh, I hope so. Uh, so. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, let's start with the writing. Guess why? So, not? you know what? It's certainly not the best writing ever, but like, it's also not the worst. It's I would say firmly medium. Yeah. The descriptions mm-hmm. of like the geography and the scenery and the settings of Forks, I think, is like really nice. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of the language, yeah, particularly descriptive language, where my issue comes in, I think, with the writing is the characterization is sort mm-hmm. of leaving something to be desired, especially for Bella, mm-hmm. um, because she's, we've talked about this uh, in multiple episodes, but she is like the quintessential bland mm-hmm. standing character so that the reader c- can like insert themselves into the romance. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I guess the pacing the pacing of the books is like my other um, qualm. Not yeah. so much with the first one, but secondly with the second one and with the fourth one. Yes. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, this one's, I agree, definitely the best paced. Yeah, for sure. Four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I It's agree. also the shortest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Which is nice. It's the most interesting, I would yeah. say. Um, yeah. I would agree that some of her descriptions and poetic lines, uh, go from, like, actually kind of good to really not good. Like... Yeah, okay, yeah. Like, yeah. the opening sequence is actually quite intriguing. Like, the I never thought about yeah. how I was gonna die, but dying in the place of someone I loved seemed to be a good place to go. Like, I remember mm-hmm. opening this book at 11 years old and reading that first yeah, bit and be like... Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. I'm what? gasping. It was, it was, like, <laughs> not at all what I expected it to be, because I was like, oh, it's a cute romance about a girl mm-hmm. who falls in love with a vampire, and then I read that and was like oh, this is a serious book. <laughs> serious with quotations. Um, uh, but then, like, there's a part when she realizes Edward's not at school. She looks for him in the cafeteria, and it's just, like, this, the description of how she feels is just desolation. That's the <laughs> sentence. Oh, my God. I don't remember that, but that's so good. Oh, I oh remember Because no. I remember I only knew oh, no. what that word meant because there is a dance at my studio called Dance Desolation. It was a ballet number. And so oh I knew what it gosh. meant because of it. So I just remember that bit. That is so... That is so Twilight. Oh, it's so Twilight, yeah. And there's <laughs> a lot of very corny lines. We all know them. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. There were three things I was certain. <laughs> like, one, Edward's a vampire, that whole bit. Yeah, the two, there's so the some lion, part of him that thirsts after my him. blood, and I don't know how strong yeah. that part is. Uh, the, um, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb. All those oh. very <laughs> corny ones. And then she's like, what a stupid lamb. And she, I'm like, yes, bitch, what a stupid lamb. Right. But then, like, every now and then, there's actually, like, a very well-written line or poetic yeah, it's, thing. Yeah, like, it is. There's, like, a sort of... A weird like sometimes she pushes it too far and it goes from yeah. like oh that's nice to like oh please stop yeah oh i just remember my favorite one is uh when she finally ties in the title of the book and he's like twilight yes. it's yeah. the safest time for us and also the most dangerous time for us and does not yeah. explain why yeah there's no explanation i'm like isn't it still a little bit light out at twilight that seems like the worst time for you to be out yeah i don't know so funny i, I like that in every book they try to like include the name of the title and then in new moon it's even worse it's like so obvious that it's just like i came up with a title and i want to insert it into the book to make it relevant right yeah yeah oh so good very good very good content yep (laughs) 
a lot of this episode and of the coming episodes is going to be us complaining and then being like, oh, I love it so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is a very ironic love, but yeah, it's a very ironic, love it in a very ironic way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. If you haven't, okay, been able just to, to clarify it, that <laughs> if we're saying we love it, it's in a nostalgic, ironic way with only a tiny kernel of truth in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, one of the first things that I wanted to talk about today mm-hmm. is Charlie. Poor, sweet Charlie. Mm-hmm. Definitely my favorite character. Very. I think, because he's a good boy. Um, so here's my thing. He's just trying to look out for his daughter, okay? Edward is giving major creep vibes, and clearly Charlie is picking up on them. Bella is not, and Charlie is like, there's something wrong with this boy. And also, Billy... He knows what Edward is, and when he tries to warn her, she's like, yeah, back off. And, like, although a grown man should not have a right to determine who a woman can and cannot date, in this case, they're looking out for her, and they are correct. Like, yeah, there definitely is an element of, like, no, I actually don't trust this guy. Like, there's something up. I, like, don't think he's good for you. And he never, like, physically, like, tries to stop her from dating him. Like, is Yeah, exactly. Like, is like, okay, this is your choice, but, like, I don't like him. And he has every right to not like him. Like, exactly. there's the whole bit where she, like, they break, where she has to do the cover story with the James things that they break up. She wants to go home. Yeah. And then he goes to visit her uh, in Phoenix as her cover story, and she fell down the stairs or something and got super injured. Yep. And then he very suddenly just, like, ditched her and left and broke up with her, and she was depressed for months and months. And then very suddenly, like, was like, oh, I have to go to Italy to save Edward, but can't really explain why and then suddenly they're engaged so like yep i don't blame charlie for not like that much is the the true mvp like he got the short end of the stick and he's just trying his goddamn best okay he's a single dad and he's trying to he's trying to keep bella safe and he's keeping everybody else safe he's the police chief of the town where people keep mysteriously dying and going missing he's got a lot on his plate and he's just trying to keep his girl safe yeah poor guy yeah Anyway, that's my my swan song for Charlie. I just right. <laughs> reading this again just reminded me that he's a good boy. Mm-hmm. That's all. Did you purposely say swan song? Oh my god, no, I didn't. Ah, oh, beauty. That was <laughs> so, so good. good. <laughs> oh, thank you for picking up on that. Wow. Yeah, I was like, there's no way you just said that. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, unintentional. <laughs> oh, beautiful. We love it. That's great. Okay, um, another thing that I do think we need to address, like, mm-hmm. right away is romanticizing obsessive, codependent, stalker relationships, because yeah. this book gave everybody from our generation, like, a condition oh, where yeah. we seem to think that that means love, and that's certainly not the case. Oh, no, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, like, it is wild to me how Edward and Bella are like immediately obsessed with each other mm-hmm. and they're like oh i would die for you i want to be with you forever and like at first she thinks that he hates her and then she's like but he's cute and dangerous and he wants to kill me so dot 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 i love him right like they spend one day together in the meadow yeah. and they're like you are my life now and i'm like yeah it gets so <laughs> intense very quickly and yeah, yeah i it definitely Like, and this is when I was like, oh, that's concerning that this was, like, my introduction to the romantic world as an 11-year-old. I was like, this was, like, besides, like, I guess the 
romances in Harry Potter, like the more innocent romances and like children's books that I would have read. This was like the first like true romance that I read. It was like, oh my God, this is not a healthy relationship. No, it's definitely not. And it's, it's really like idolized as like the, oh, like they love each other the most, like nobody in the history of time has ever loved anybody as much as these two people love each other. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but that's concerning to me. Yeah, it's very codependent. Mm-hmm. I'm not into it. <laughs> and also romanticizing stalking. <laughs> like this book really messed up our like truly messed up our generation in terms of like the stalker nice guy behavior, like it making us think that that's okay. Like right, Edward yeah. being like the nice guy who who just like is basically determining everything that Bella can and can't do and like when she's going to do it and stuff yeah. and he's always there. Uh, it's a big nope from me. Mm-hmm. And like when Edward saves her from the creeper dudes and then admits to stalking her and and then like he's like, no, you're going to have dinner with me and then we're going to drive you home. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wow, so romantic. And suddenly they're dating. Where's the logic? But also she was just stalked by creepy guys who mm-hmm. wanted to hurt her. Edward is a creepy guy who stalked her who also wants to hurt her. Right. Yeah. She's just trading one for another. And granted, those guys were actually full creepers, and that was a very dark moment in the book. Mm -hmm. But and like Edward did save her from them, but he's he's still a creepy stalker. You know? Yeah. There is like a good moment that I think the movie there are some things in the movie that I think definitely got right, and one of them was this moment when she meets up with her friend again, um, Jessica, and who's the other one? Angela. Angela. And. uh, she and Edward's like, oh, I think the guy should make sure like Bella gets something to eat, and they look at Bella and like wait for her response yeah. to be like, do you want? Yeah, and that? she's like, get out of here. I want. And then I she's like, yeah, I think so yeah. too. And they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good moment. And yeah. also, and we're gonna talk about this when we talk about the movie. But I just like Anna Kendrick. Oh, you know, we stand. You know, I saw something. It was an interview with her. She was like, yeah, I forget. I was in Twilight actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which hilarious. Um, but back to creepy stalker courting um you know who is showing rather appropriate courting behavior mike mm-hmm. i am team mike um call me old and boring but mike is a stand-up guy you know what i uh, walks her to class engages in conversation that isn't weird and intense yep. invites her to group yep. outings wants doesn't to spend stalk time her. with her but doesn't follow her home doesn't watch her sleep right just like at school and then goes okay have a nice night see you tomorrow yeah uh shows in his interests and uh and affection for bella without forcing it on her too much uh and backs off when she clearly states she's not interested in more than friendship and it's still like i'm interested if you ever change your mind but i will back off and like honestly good for him for saying he doesn't trust edward and it's like i'm getting weird vibes from this guy like he looks like yeah he wants to eat you which is true <laughs> she's um, like yes yes he does thank you for noticing <laughs> Yeah, so honestly, reading this, I was like, you know what? I get Charlie being like, so Mike, that Mike boy. You, you yeah. talked to Mike? What about You're that with Newton Mike? boy? The yeah. Newton boy. <laughs> okay. Also, well, while we're talking about things that are wrong with Edward, mm-hmm. <laughs> the great gaslighting of 2005. So, so Edward literally tries to convince Bella that she's like crazy. Mm-hmm. for thinking that he is some sort of supernatural superhero type person and is not that the definition of gaslighting oh it 100 percent is yeah 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 it is that's all that's all i just wanted to bring that up 
Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, yeah. I really didn't like Edward in this book. No, my radar was going off. I was All like, every single red. page is like, a red flag, red every flag, red, red flag. flag you can <laughs> think of. <laughs> yes. Like the nice guy red flag, the stalker red flag, the gaslighting red flag. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not into it. Like yeah. down to the like, if you know it's good for you, you'll stay away from me. I'm yeah. I'm not good for you. Like I'm not a nice guy. Yo, if a guy Link. says that to you, listen and walk listen. away. Listen. It yeah. doesn't mean that you, like no, walk away. That that no. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. I do. I do want to also like briefly mention that we Allison and I last year last summer the summer i don't know whenever midnight sun came out which is uh it was 2020 twilight so oh it was two 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 summers ago ago. okay so we read that for the lulls before we started the podcast and i have to say having read that edward's perspective of the first book like he straight up did like he really really wanted to murder her and Mm -hmm. eat her you know what i mean like he was plotting how to like murder everybody in the entire school so that he could get away with killing her like it was really like the red flags were there yeah confirmed like it's even worse mm-hmm. than you think it is so there's that mm-hmm. yes yeah it's full serial killer mode but he didn't so it's okay yeah they're married now yeah <laughs> <laughs> he got married <laughs> okay feminist rant time yes always feminist rant always time. okay so at first the first Twilight books seem slow-key feminist because we have a female protagonist who isn't, like, afraid to, you know, diverge from the norm. She says no to boys when they ask her to the dance. You know, she she is an independent thinker. Uh, but then near the end of the book, we really get the message reinforced that, like, even though she tries to do something for herself and save her mother, at the end of the day, she fucks it up and she ends up needing Edward to come save her. Mm-hmm. And... It was just kind of frustrating, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I totally agree. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm also not, like, super jazzed about how a lot of the women in the series are described as well. Mm-hmm. Like, aside from Alice and Esme, pretty much all of the other women are either, like, rude, snarky, dumb, or, like, kind of petty bitches. Yeah, and, like, Like, Bella's especially like- Rosalie. Yeah, and, and like, Bella's, uh, I was yeah. gonna say Bella's relationship with, like, Jessica and Angela, like... Especially Jessica. Yeah. It's, like, very, like, all centered around. And, like, there's another girl, Lauren, that hates Bella because Tyler, who, yes. like, wants to bring Bella to the prom. And so it's all, like, centered around they don't like her because the guy they like likes Bella. And it's, like... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They don't pass the whatever test where, like, all they talk about is men. They Brechtel? don't talk about Brechtel other things, test, yeah. you know? Yeah, the Brechtel test. Yeah. Yeah, yep. actually, like, their decision on if they like Bella or not is based off of, like, if the guy they like, or ba- based off of a guy's opinion of her, which, no, thank you. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for having a female protagonist, there's very few, like, female friendships and, like, relationships in this book that are, like, yeah, good. <laughs> so Edward is super fucking extra. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, Let me just quote a line to you that <laughs> is also, it's in the book and in the movie. They put it in the movie because it is so extra, so... Edward, I decided as long as I was going to hell, I might as well do it thoroughly. <laughs> I mean, dying. the one time he said something I respected, I'm like, dying. go big or go home, I guess. Uh, 
but it's also like so counterintuitive to his mood in like the third and fourth books where he's like i don't want to i i need to like save your soul so you can go to heaven (laughs) like i guess he's always been like my soul is way beyond saving but yours isn't yeah you know what else is fucking extra Mm. the baseball scene yeah and I mean, it's, the movie takes it to another level, but... Um, oh, we love it in the movie, yeah. The, it's still extremely extra in the book, I have to say. I know, yeah. Like, why baseball? Why in a clearing during a thunderstorm? Because why? they are so loud, because they're so strong, they need a thunder <gasps> to cover up the sound so the humans sense. don't know. Oh. I, it's oh. pretty funny. And it's then so the random. Whole, like, like the scene where the the new vampires come in and they're all like crouching and snarling around Bella, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just dying reading the like, descriptions of them like crouching and like growling. Yeah, there's <laughs> the a meme happening? of like this, that shot from the movie, and it's like, oh, if you yeah. take the like filter off the like Twilight filter they put that blue filter they put on the whole movie, yeah. is like, um, like oh, if you look at the scene without the filter it looks like just a bunch of theater kids practicing for the show at yeah. the park <laughs> oh my god yeah it's just so high key and you know it's iconic but also it's the worst right <laughs> you know and then also after the baseball scene the book just gets so convoluted and it starts to really drag on yeah uh so this is definitely like the pivotal moment where it goes from being a romance to like oh now we're going to insert like an action in order to have the book climax so that we can be done. Yeah. So this is a very common trope or, like, issue in a lot of, you know, most fiction, is that, like, a conversation could resolve a conflict before it gets to the point where it becomes something that we want to watch on TV or read in a book, you know? Mm -hmm. But, uh, so, of course, dumb secrets. There's a lot of them in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, Bella is doing the most in terms of she's doing the worst. Like, she is with Jasper and Alice. They're in Phoenix hiding from James. And then she gets a call from James being like, aha, I have your mother. Don't tell anyone. Come meet me if you tell the Collins, like, I'll kill your mom. And Bella's like, oh, no, I'm going to choose this moment to be dumb instead of being smart like I supposedly am in the rest of the book and so she's like I will keep this secret so then she gets away from Alice and Jasper which also Alice can see the future so that doesn't really make sense right more on that later I guess well (laughs) that's like the worst character trait you could give somebody and then try to write three books after that and Mm -hmm. be like but Alice can't see everything anyway okay so (laughs) my thing is that when she runs off to save her mom she should have just told them because one the cullens way outnumber james there's a billion right. of them and there's one of him two they don't actually have proof that he has her mom because she never actually spoke to her mom the first thing you gotta do is demand proof of life bella everybody knows that okay she just heard her voice that means nothing you need to have a conversation with her to ascertain that she's alive three yeah. they have gifts he can read edward can read james's mind and Alice can see the fucking feature. They're literally invincible. They could have just yeah. rolled up to the ballet studio and fucked him up. You know, send Bella in, make sure her mom's there. If her mom's not there, light the whole damn place on fire. If she is, you know, try a sneakier tactic. It yeah. would have helped to have Edward there to be able to read if her mom was in there or not, right? Right, yeah. Ugh. The <laughs> only 
argument I can make to that is I guess they don't know for sure if James has any powers himself. But it seems pretty clear that he doesn't. He's just good at it. I think Laurence basically just says, like, he's a gifted tracker, and then they assume that that is, like, his gift. Mm -hmm. So, like, they kind of know that he can't do anything super extra special. Yeah, so it, I agree with you, definitely, like, reading that, I was like, why wouldn't you just be like, yo, Alice, Jasper, this is what's up. Yeah. And they call the the other together. this is what's up, and then they figure it out. Yeah. It was just, like, very unnecessary, and I was like, okay, in real life, that's not... Well, okay, Twilight's not real life, we know <laughs> this, like, <laughs> I, I admit that We're this is We're talking about real. sparkly vampires, we do yeah. need to think about that for a second. Yeah, but I mean, I was just, at that point, I was just, like, slamming the book against my forehead, like, come on, you literally have, like, superheroes on your side, like, what? I know, yeah. Come on. She could see the fucking future. Come on. Right. Yeah. Um. Before we move on to New Moon, I just want to bring up, I always think it's so funny um when edward's driving bella to prom and she mm-hmm. doesn't know they're going to prom first of all yes yes and then it's like oh i thought you were changing me and he's like what the yes. fuck it's like why would i get you dressed up to literally bite you and put you in pain for three days she's like, like i don't what? know also like not tell you and prepare you so you can yeah. like like today's the day you die right yeah oh, I no explanation so to charlie Yes, we're, yeah, might as well start moving into New Moon a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the first thing that I think it's important to talk about mm-hmm. with, I mean, with the with all the books, but with, especially with New Moon, because mm-hmm. it's the most prominent in this book, is, like, indigenous cultural appropriation and, like, negative or, like, racist portrayal. Um, yeah, so this definitely raised a lot of flags for me on this read-through because when I had previously read it, I was, like, a young child and didn't really, you know, know anything about this. So I didn't I didn't really notice it when I was, like, 11. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would say that this, like, appropriation sort of plot line is probably even more problematic than, like, Edward and Bella's cringy relationship yeah. because of the way that, like, indigenous people are described in these books, mm-hmm. and also because of, like, all of the appropriation. But there's, like, when, especially in the second book, when Bella's describing Jacob, she's really, like, exoticizing him, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, oh, like, the russet tone of his skin and, like, his dark eyes and his long hair. And I'm like, oh, no, stop, stop, Bella, stop, no. Yeah. <laughs> and every time she describes one of the, like, uh, Native American characters. The description. It's like, oh no, don't don't say that. No, right. Yeah. Um, it's just I was just really, really, really cringing. Like it was definitely uh, difficult to read. Mm-hmm. And but on top of that, of course, there's like so much appropriation and misrepresentation. And I, I did a little bit of research, but I I want to clarify like this is not exhaustive, and I'm not an authority on this by any means. Mm-hmm. But what I understand of this, at least, is that Meyer used the name of, like, a real group of indigenous peoples and mm-hmm. essentially took, like, some of their culture and history and changed it where it suited her and, like, misrepresented it in other places. Mm-hmm. And I found a couple of, like, websites and articles talking about this. Um, and I think it's even more troubling because one of the articles brought up that the movies really merchandised and capitalized off of the appropriation by, like, selling indigenous-themed, like, jewelry and mm-hmm. t-shirts and stuff like that, which is 
like the biggest yikes i was like oh my yeah, god and i'm yeah. assuming it was not like it designed by an indigenous and they no. were like given a cut of like well given that yeah, platform, yeah. i'm assuming that was not done yeah based based on that article it basically yeah it's it said like there was no um f- financial mm-hmm. situation that yeah like none of the money was actually going to the the people that this was appropriated from yeah so yeah and i mean also like our perspectives are extremely limited because we're white settlers so mm-hmm. you know obviously we can only say so much but it's just yeah i think it's important to bring it up because it it is so prominent in this book in particular but like in all of them as well yeah yeah for sure yeah i remember hearing criticisms of this like as a kid and as a teenager but i didn't understand the weight of the issue until my adulthood um and so a few years ago like i think it was during the pandemic like my friends and i did a twilight movie marathon and um this that's when the issue like really popped in my head and i was like oh yeah um yeah hmm. i like really started to think about it and think about like the criticism i remembered hearing about and i did a little bit of research into it and uh particularly with the casting of taylor lautner as jacob which mm-hmm. i think i'm going to speak more on uh when we talk about the movies in another episode but yeah just yeah i, I looked up represent- hmm? I, yeah I, I looked him up and i was like oh yeah, I, right. I might as well bring it up here. So he uh, is not indigenous. Yep. I think as he was casted, said something like, oh, I have indigenous and heritage, heritage, but um, indigenous heritage and blood quantum like doesn't work the same way as it does for Western culture. It's very yeah. different. And like I've even like had to wrap my head around it. There's yeah. a really good podcast called All My Relations, and they have an episode that explains it really, really well. So I recommend checking that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um they have some great episodes just about indigenous representation in media and society and stuff. Um, but uh, so I remember, yeah, thinking about that a lot. And I was like, oh, uh, don't like that. And then, yeah. Yeah. And as you said about the appropriation and how they are just represented overall in the books is uh, yeah. not great. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I went into reading this series as an adult, you know, knowing certain things were going to be problematic, like mm-hmm. Edward and Bella's relationship. What I had sort of forgotten was going to be extremely problematic was, of course, like all of the indigenous characters and how they're represented. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it, it was a tricky, a tricky mm-hmm. read. Yeah. All right. We could probably talk about that for so long, but Oh, on. for sure. So when Edward breaks up with Bella, pretty much like at the beginning of the book, I don't know, it's like 50 pages in or something. It's very quick. Bella goes into like a very deep depression and the book represents the multiple months that pass uh, with her being very depressed as a series of blank pages um, (laughs) titled by like the month that it is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's three or four months go by that are, are just blank pages in the book and I think it's it's such an interesting way of representing depression. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was one of the biggest sort of like statements in the entire book, actually. Yeah. And I mean, to be frank, I would have preferred if every page following these pages <laughs> was also blank. You know what I mean? But <laughs> we can't always get what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite parts of the book, both ironically and unironically. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I do like it. how that's represented, how, like, yeah. she just kind of, like, shuts goes down. her way through life, I guess. Just, like, yeah. 
uh, just like kind of goes through the actions and really thinking, and then uh, which is like a great accurate representation or representation of depression, but also just like flipping through that, especially of a twelve year old being like, "Whoa, oh my so gosh, deep. it just has one word on this page. Oh my god, wow, <laughs> I mean, groundbreaking, <laughs> groundbreaking <laughs> literature, yeah, yeah." angsty teens i tell you oh this book was so angsty both oh both of them were so angsty you know what and the themes in this book are so much darker than i remembered because the entire plot revolves around suicide right and depression and yeah as a, as a tween which where you were when we were reading this you're like oh so angsty because like a lot of tweens are not at a point in their lives where they have experienced personally depression yet hopefully and yeah hopefully so so you're like wow it's so deep Mm -hmm. um and as an adult it reads very differently (laughs) right yeah yeah very yeah very dark yeah right from the get-go too i think you have notes on this later on but like it starts with a quote from romeo romeo and juliet they're like yeah i learned about romeo and juliet and edward's like oh yeah i've like considered about like how I'd kill myself if you were to die. Yeah. And she's just like, this is a chill conversation we're having. Okay. Yeah. It just, the book takes like a nosedive and just really plunges into like, what taboo and really dark topics can we talk about today? Yeah, truly. Yeah. But this book isn't about Edward. It's about Jacob. It's about Jacob. Oh, good transition. All right. So (laughs) I forgot like how much in this book bella is very very clear that she is using jacob like she does not i mean she does it in the first book she's like oh yeah i flirted with him to like get information but in the second book she's just using him and she's so aware that he is in love with her and she's like you're my friend and i need you to like give me thrills so that i can see my ex-boyfriend in my head thank you so much (laughs) thanks <laughs> thank you next thanks. like you can hold my hand but like don't kiss me thank you right yeah and it's a shitty place it's a shitty position for her to put jacob in because i think he's still only like 15 in this book or something and she's like 18 now yeah and and like she just knows better than to be doing that and she does it anyway mm-hmm. and like although jacob's character was just kind of the worst in this book i did also feel bad for him yeah, like, she's clearly never genuinely interested in him, but, like, yeah. as you said, continues to lead him on for her own selfish yeah. reasons. And, like, it makes me feel bad for him, but he also yeah. can't take no for an answer. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, we can talk about that in yeah, a minute. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, before that, the werewolf plot line. Oh, yeah. Needs to be addressed. Beautiful. Such, <laughs> such fun. What a fun concept. Uh. Uh, can you tell there is sarcasm? in my voice (laughs) like how did bella not know like how did she put it together sooner like her boyfriend is a fucking vampire and the guy who told her that her boyfriend was a vampire told her that his tribe are werewolves and she doesn't put it to fucking gather i guess it's like meant to show how focused she is on edward and the collins that she like kind of brushes off that fact yeah. And it takes a while for her to, like, remember that part of the story because she's so focused on them. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's still, like, yeah. it's you're wild. reading that bit and you're like, oh, my God, come on. <laughs> and it's hinted at so much in the first book, too. And I, I can't remember whether 
when I read the first book, I knew that there was going to be like a werewolf situation or not. Like, I don't, I don't remember if that had been spoiled for me at all. So, I feel like I did know because I, I think someone told me. So but it's pretty that. apparent because, of course, if you're talking about vampires, why wouldn't you be talking about werewolves as well? They go hand in hand. And they're both obviously. brought up in the same sentence in the first book, right? Yeah. So it like the logic is there. It follows, but of yeah. course, of course, there's fucking werewolves and they're so dramatic and oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. I werewolves. Think you said it all. No thoughts. <laughs> Um, but switching back to Jacob Noobs to calm the fuck down. Yep. Like, say it with me, kids. No, no means, means no. no. Oh my god. Can we just know this by now? Right. No, apparently not. Yeah, um, that's why I was never team Jacob. Yeah. Uh, A, because Bella was never clearly interested in Jacob. Yeah, she was never she was interested yeah. in Edward. Like, and never... She was clearly always going to choose Edward, mm-hmm. so Jacob never seemed like a real option in my eyes because mm-hmm. it was always going to be Edward. Obviously, like I agree. how shitty would the series be if it breaking dawn ended with Bella choosing Jacob? Like, <laughs> can you imagine? Um, <laughs> oh my god! And like the fact that he's so persistent and just like won't let yeah. go. It's made him a very frustrating character because like yeah, extremely frustrating. He's just there to put like a little wrench into their relationship edward and bella's relationship for edward to feel some hashtag jealousy which another red flag um yeah without jacob the book series would have been one book long yeah like that is his purpose is extending it into a four book series yeah so we we did talk about this before but i think we could get into it now maybe is that this plot is about 90 percent suicide but in Mm -hmm. a romanticized way yeah which is like the other glaring red flag in this book that I wasn't picking up on as like a 12-year-old, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as you said, the epigraph is a quote from Romeo and Juliet, which is so extra and dramatic, but like it also makes sense for the context of the book. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but the way that Edward tells Bella that he can't live in a world without her is like seriously, again, romanticizing like codependent unhealthy relationships but also romanticizing suicide yeah like literally combining romance and suicide in the same thought Mm -hmm. you know and the books are aimed at like angsty teens and tweens and like this is a very dangerous message to be sending to such impressionable angsty kids you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and there isn't really any resolution to this plot throughout the series either it's still like an option for edward you know what i mean yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they never really address it at all, and he never really changes his mind about it. He's like, yeah, if you decide to stay human, I'll just die when you die. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And it's never resolved. Like, that is not the answer. And, like, a good thing to do would have been, like, here's some ideas to not do that, Edward. You could do this or this instead, or we could resolve this in this way, or here's where you could go get help, Edward, but no. Yeah. It's Use just better accepted. help, Edward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> go to a vampire therapist, Edward. There must be one. It's probably your dad. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's a problem. It's a big problem to me, and 100% stuck out a lot more as an adult when I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yikes. Oh, yikes. Yeah. yeah. Especially after reading Midnight Sun when you get yeah. a good glimpse into Edward's mind and how yeah. 
like how much he struggles with himself and mm-hmm. i think we were talking about this we had like this huge fire hour discussion I remember on like your back porch in 2020 when we both read this in the summer yeah. when we were like allowed to go to people's backyards and like sit yes. six feet apart um <laughs> yeah. and we were talking about like how it's so scary that like he's obviously got the intelligence from being alive over 100 years but yeah. he's got the emotional intelligence of a 17-year-old still. Yeah, and it's such a weird place for his character to be in. Yeah. Because he's both old and still an idiot teenage boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a very... he Yeah. Makes him a very problematic character, really. <laughs> oh, it certainly does. You're like, is he a stalker? A creeper? A nice guy? Quote-unquote. Or a pedophile? Maybe all of the above, I Kinda think. all of them, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which leads me to my next topic, yeah. which I'm quoting from my uh, document here. Stupid, annoying, petulant characters. <laughs> Love it. Can you tell how I feel? Coining that. Uh, yes. So, to be honest, uh, most of the characters in New Moon just go downhill and become extremely, like, illogical, pathetic, frustrating, mm-hmm. douchebaggy. Um... Yeah, I had, a, I had a hard time getting through this book for so many reasons, but one of the main reasons was actually just that the characters are the worst, and I wasn't really rooting for any of them. Yeah. Like, they're all so masochistic and reckless, and... Mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't know, I just... Yeah, it's... There was, like, nobody to root for for me except the dads. I was like, Charlie and Carlisle are pretty cool, but, like, everybody else can honestly fuck off. Carlisle's not even in it. He's not... Yeah, you're right. He's not even in this one. He's got the one scene where he's stitching up Bella. The idea of Carlisle is nice. You know, it's like, oh, that's a good boy. He's a good dad. Yeah. He's he's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, um, You're totally right. Like, Bella's just, like, very angsty and making a lot of very not great decisions. It's hard to read that. Yeah, Jacob can't take no for an answer. Jessica is, like, being really mean to Bella, which, like, fair. Bella also, like, kind of distanced herself from her friends and is now suddenly like, hi. And they're like, um, you kind of ditch. Like, it's that friend that, like, ditches her friends, wants you to get a boyfriend, and then they break up, get super depressed, and now is like, oh, I'm back. And you're like, you forgot who, what my name was when you got a boyfriend. Um, now you just want to be friends again because it's convenient for you. Totally understand, Jessica, but, um, yeah, and then... Yeah, you're totally right. No, no good characters. <laughs> there's no, there's really no good characters in this book. It's such a challenge because some of the only characters that I found personally intriguing, interesting, or somewhat redeemable as an adult were, other than Charlie, is Carlisle and Alice. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, there's so like, an interest say, and an emotional intelligence there yeah. that just isn't present for any of the other characters. Yeah. yeah, we do get Alice at the end of it, but yeah, which is not good. nearly we love enough. Her. Do you want to talk about the the last wild bullshit that happens in this book? Oh my god, yes, I do. Namely, the engagement. <laughs> this plotline cracks me up. You say your thing I, first. I literally fucking die every time. So. Okay, so, so Edward and Bella have been dating for less than a year when he proposes. Mind you, they have been broken up for the majority of this time, in fact. Yep. They've been together for, I don't know, like six to eight months and of that time at least 50 percent of it they weren't together for Um, i think it's been a year because at some point in new moon she says oh i just realized it's been a year since i moved to forks so she's been at forks in a year but they were only together immediately in the first during the summer and then like he left in september exactly so so they have they've 
truly only been together for a few months at this point. Yeah. And the reason that Bella says yes to his proposal is one, there's two, there's two reasons here. Um, one, she wants him to turn her into a vampire, which seems like such a good idea because he, he's the person in the entire world who wants to murder her the most. Yeah. And two, she's so fucking thirsty. And this is definitely a books three and four topic. So we'll talk about this in the next episode. Yeah. But oh my God, Bella's thirst is so much thirstier than Edward's thirst. If you know what I mean? I mean, like his thirst for her blood is not as thirsty as her thirst for Edward's body. You know what I mean? I do, <laughs> it's like, like she's so a 16, 17, 18. She's 18 yeah. by this yeah. point. Like, I don't blame her. I've been dating this guy for a while. It's like, but like also <laughs> the entire <laughs> Bella's entire character motivation other than staying alive in books three and four is how can I get Edward to fuck me? That's fair. Yeah, it does That's become her, like her, that number is her one character motivation. Arc. Yeah. It is, it is. Like, that is the reason she decides to, like, make the wedding happen. And yeah. A, A and B and C or whatever, she's like, you know, she just needs to get laid before she can become a vampire. So, <laughs> like, we get it, girl, priorities. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, it's just, it's just, like, so next level to me. And also the fact that we read this when we were, like, 12. Right. And it's, like, thirsty vampires and thirsty bitches, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite part about this plotline, and as you said, it bleeds into the next few books, is uh, Bella is so set on wanting to be a vampire. Like, mm-hmm. she just had a meeting with the Cullens. They've decided it's going to happen at some point. Like, I think someone's like, okay, at least graduate from high school first. She's like, fine. Uh, majority rules. This is what Bella wants. Uh, from the end of book one, even, she knows she wants to be immortal. She can commit herself to an eternity with the Cullens. Yep. But deciding whether to marry Edward or not, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> a big commitment. Um, I, was, I need to think okay. about this. That just drove me fucking wild. I was like, if this is something he wants and you want to be with him forever, just say yes. It's uh, called a compromise. You want to yeah. be immortal? He just wants to be married. I think that's a gr- good compromise. Yeah, and like the reason she said yes is because she's so goddamn thirsty. Right? <laughs> just Now I'd even be like, this makes sense. I'm about to make myself immortal to be with him might as well get married yeah yeah it's well. just it's one of those wild plot points where you're like i accept this only because this is twilight it cracks me up every time yeah I love it. yeah <laughs> so funny yep all right as we start to wrap up any last thoughts yeah i have some thoughts so um remember that movie vampires suck yes that was a spoof of twilight that was so clearly a spoof of twilight i that they think about it like, more than i probably should yeah me too and i'm like maybe we should also try and watch that at some point because just i want to remember if it was really what i thought it was which is how were they even allowed legally to make it without like infringing on copyright because it's the exact plot of the first two movies well that's like together how into you do one parody. Spoofs, is like i think there's i don't know if yeah, because, like, they didn't use any of the names. It was just similar enough. And I think you put out a claim being like, hmm, that's just a coincidence, like one of those. Or yeah. um, you're like, no, this is a spoof of Twilight. We, it's meant to be based off of Twilight. Yeah, it's just... Um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder... Because there's so many parodies like that, and I wonder yeah. what the... But I don't know. It's just I just remembered that. that that movie existed this week, and I was like, oh my god, I wonder if that's available anywhere that I can watch it, because... I, the fact that that movie was released into theaters and had like a large release and was popular is so yeah. crazy to me because it came out 
like while the Twilight movies were still coming out. Yeah, and but it I was do remember truly ripping apart those movies, and I remembered enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the first two movies into one, but I also remember all the best jokes are in the trailer. Yeah, so like you don't need to go watch the whole you movie; don't just to. look up you the trailer, and like you've seen the best parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, just I just remembered that that movie existed, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> good time! I remember it because that was in our like we don't like Twilight anymore phase. So yeah. We went to go see Vampire Suck. Yeah, yeah. We were we were fully by the time between when the new moon movie and the eclipse movie came out we had fully moved on from twilight yeah I like we say. didn't go see eclipse or breaking dawn in theaters yeah first time i saw both yeah. those movies i saw eclipse i think in high school we i did saw it at too birthday party. At a friend's birthday party yeah yeah and then breaking dawn i saw during the pandemic for the first time <laughs> yeah me too yeah because i decided to watch them all um yeah <laughs> what a journey <laughs> Oh, it what a was journey. a journey. Which we will be recreating for the podcast. Uh, stay oh, yes, tuned. We will. <laughs> yeah. Um, another random thought I had is that Bella's truck reminds me of Bessie. My oh, Bessie. Re- rest in peace, Bessie. The the silliest car to ever exist. Mm-hmm. So okay, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, so Alyssa's mom had this car like that was older than us. I think. Yes, or, like, it was older than us. Yeah. Yes. It was like a 95, right? Or a 94. I don't know. It was yeah, the like, yeah. was made before we were born. Yep. Had it all through our childhood. Alyssa inherited it when Alyssa got her license because uh, her parents had gotten new cars. And then Bessie very tragically. Like, I lived on the top of a large hill, like, mm-hmm. by the last few months of Bessie's life. Like, you would be flooring the gas pedal. And she did not want to get up that hill, honey. <laughs> she was not Kate Bush running up that hill, honey. I remember one time you were, like, going up and you were like, I think this is the last time I can drive you home. Like, Yeah, I was like, you know, you might have to start walking home. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then very suddenly Alyssa and Bessie got into a car crash. Alyssa yeah. was fine. Bessie I was fine. Bessie was, was not, not fine. <laughs> I remember you, like, called, called me. You. And I was in school, and, yeah. like, I get this voicemail from you being like, I was in a car crash. Uh, I just wanted to let you know before you heard it from anyone else. I'm fine. Bessie's not. Yeah, I was like, Bessie died. And you were like, oh, no. I know. Oh, tragic. Oh, R.I.P. Bessie. I'll, yeah. I'll have a sip for Bessie. Rest in Bessie. pieces, yeah. <laughs> and if you're wondering, yes, we did name Bessie after cars. Yes, yes, we did. Okay. Um, asking for a friend, mm-hmm. how did Bella turn 18 in the September of her senior year? Is she a year older than everyone else in her grade? The math doesn't add up. Stephanie, explain yourself, Stephanie. Okay, so I can actually explain this. Oh, please do. Um, so typically in the States, the birthday cutoff is September 1st, what? as opposed to here it's uh, December 31st. What? Yeah, so it's a little bit different. It's the same what? in Harry Potter. Um, so I'm guessing in Britain it's the same. So if you are five years old on September 1st, you will go into kindergarten, even if that means you turn six a week later or you turn four. So there's people in the same grade who are born in different years. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Yeah, so it's not like us where we're like our whole grade was the same year we were born in. That's weird. Yeah, so if you are five, September 1st, you go into kindergarten. So Bella, being a September birthday, she is like the older end of her grade. Oh, you still okay. get the same thing where you get kids that are almost a year apart because you get that yeah. with the December 31st yeah. cut off. It's just like a different time. That's So like there is the option like they could have um, put Bella a year ahead like if they wanted to if they're like, oh, like, uh, I don't know. 
So, so yeah, so it's like Hermione too. Hermione yeah, turns okay, that makes sense. Bef- yeah. or turns seventeen before Ron and Harry because she yeah. has a. October, I knew it was different in the UK because of Harry Potter, but I didn't know it was different in the states. Yeah, because I remember huh. there's a girl in our grade uh, from the states, and uh, I also remember like reading a couple books that were states books that like or from the states that like mentioned this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So it's just a little bit different. So that's why she is turning eighteen at the beginning of her grad year. It's because okay. she is seventeen on September first, so she is starting grade twelve or twelfth grade because it's mm-hmm. the states. Um. And but just turns eighteen shortly after. Whereas okay. there are some kids that, like, won't turn 18 till after their grad. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That that makes sense, but... Sis. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, a different cutoff date and just... It's okay. weird for us because we, yeah. it's different, but yeah. Yeah. Because I was one of the first people in our grad year to actually turn 18, and that wasn't until after Christmas, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so you would have been, like, right in the middle if we had a September 1st cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, a, a final thought I had. The tagline for this series should be Predator's Gonna Pred. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Just That's a thought. thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I have a response for that. No, I don't, have, I don't have anything else to add. That's just how I feel. I love it. Yeah. Um, I did want to add one more thing. I wanted to talk to the about the Vulturi because I was thinking about this today. Um Especially in terms of uh, Eclipse and Breaking Dawn. I was yeah. like, there's no through uh, villain throughout mm-hmm. the four books. Because, like, James and Victoria are kind of sort of the villains in, like, books one and three. And then yeah. the Vulturi is the main villain, like, two and four. Yeah, it's weird. I guess Vulturi is, like, kind of in there in the third one. But there's no – it's not like a Voldemort situation where Voldemort is always, like, the main yeah. external threat. That's a good point. And obviously there's little plots in between. And, like, smaller external threats throughout it. I was thinking about it. But I guess it would be, at the end of the day, the Vulturi is the main external threat. Because they are mentioned yeah. in the first book. We are introduced to them. They're just not very yeah. prominent. present. Yeah. The second one, obviously, like, Edward goes and they to them to die. And then um, they're the ones that are, like, Bella either dies or she becomes a vampire. Because, like, no yeah. human can know it. Which is also dumb. Because they are don't seem very discreet Mm-mm. about what they're doing. Because they are, first of all, in the middle of a human town. Yes. Just There's living like there. a bajillion of them. And then when Bella, Edward, and Alice are leaving, they bring in, like, a group of tourists. Yep. And, like, kill them and yep. feast on them. Yep. And it's like, would no one notice that a group of people constantly go missing in the same area? Yeah. Like. Yeah, vampires are not subtle. Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry, you're gifts. worried about this one human knowing your secret <laughs> when you kill 20 people at a time? Yeah, it's really like, fucking dumb. Oh, annoys me. But then yeah. um, I feel like, again, I think there's something the movie got right, is that the Vulturi is very present in the third one, kind of watching, like, the new baby vampire army and kind of yeah. seeing if that army will destroy the Collins for them. Yeah. Because it's very clear the Vulturi doesn't like the Collins and their way of life, and they can't yeah. really just, like, get rid of them. They have no reason to. But they're kind of like, oh, if this vampire army just does it for us then and they don't intervene until the Collins have won that battle and then obviously they are the main external threat in the fourth one when they're like you have a vampire baby they're like actually no we don't uh we'll get to that anyways so I'm guessing it's the vulture <laughs> is the main external threat of the series yeah if I could perhaps the real villain was time <laughs> your no. face no. 
No. <laughs> Your face. I don't accept it. <laughs> uh, Stephanie is the true villain. <laughs> yeah, if we're being honest. To be frank. The author yeah. who made this fucking book is the true. <laughs> yep. Okay. On that well. note, uh, how would you rate this book, these books, uh, as an okay. adult? So if we're rating the books separately, which I think is fair, yes. I would I would give Twilight like a six or so because it had a lot of issues. And to be honest, the movie holds more nostalgia for me than the book does, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know why it's more iconic, I guess. And I think that New Moon should get like a three. I know that's the lowest I've ever gone on this podcast. Like, that is a record for us. But I think, I genuinely think this book deserves it. Like, there are very few redeeming moments in the second book. And, like, there's a lot, a lot of, like, really serious um, problems that the book does not deal with in an appropriate way. Yeah. Um, Although I have to say, I am so excited to watch the movie. So (laughs) stay tuned. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? I think I'm gonna do the same ones as you, six and three. Yeah. Like I it agree right. for the same. I maybe a no six point five maybe for Th- that's Twilight. the highest. Just, I, I think would I go. have more yeah. of a connection to it than you do. Like yeah, I you did yeah. loved that book um, for whatever reason as a twelve year old. Um, but <laughs> it's I agree. a condition think, that happens to you when you're twelve that you become obsessed with Twilight for like one year. I think so. Yeah, and then but you grow like out of it. I agree yeah. that like the movie holds more like nostalgia for me. Like I just turn mm-hmm. it on every now and then just for mm-hmm. fun. Um, whereas the book, I don't think I've reread since, like, early high school. Yeah. Yeah. I guess because the movie is just two hours in, you're done. The book is a bit more, they're such long books. Oh my god. And they're not good enough for constant rereads like Harry Potter, so. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I agree. I'm gonna do, yeah, 6.5 and 3. Yeah. I, I think I, I that's totally solid. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't. Honest. I cannot. I cannot give New Moon higher than a three, and I don't. I don't even feel bad about it. That's just the truth. I'm sorry. To be completely honest, I didn't yeah. actually fully finish New Moon. Like I had a couple like chapters left. You know what? I, it was a shit show of a week, and then I was like, I, I know how it it's, ends. <laughs> it's not worth finishing. It got yeah, a three. I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and finish Breaking Dawn, but yeah, and try well, Eclipse, but I have already read them all because I'm extra like that, and okay. I have to say, if you don't, I, say I won't blame you. It, I wouldn't say you're extra. I would say you're organized. I I'm am committed not, to the cause. I was saying, I think my life right now is a perpetual state of oh, next week things calm down for me, and then yeah. they do not. So yeah. I that's feel that. I respect so that. I'll try and finish them. We'll see. Well, I've already um, been probably, through the battle. Yeah, you probably guessed by our conversation. When you join us next time, we are going to be reading Eclipse and Breaking Dawn by Stephanie Meyer. I'm so shocked by this. I know. We'll see you then. This has been Books Before Liquor, Never Been Sicker. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Books Before Liquor and Twitter at Books BL Podcast. And check us out on our website at Books Before Liquor, Never Been or email us at booksbeforeliquor at gmail.com to scream at us about great books or send us recommendations or whatever. We love to hear from you. And you can also support us by visiting patreon.com slash booksbeforeliquor never been sicker. And now, go drink a big glass of water. <laughs>